بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين يقص الحق وهو خير الفاصلين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما ويسدوا الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد this is the 28th session on our series of Islam's greatest personalities and we commence with the lives of the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam starting from the life and the legacy and the story of Prophet Adam alayhi salam and here we are now on part three of the story of Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam. So we continue with the story and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Qur'an, وَقَالَ نِسْوَةٌ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ إِمْرَأَةُ الْعَزِيزِ تُرَاوِدُ فَتَاهَا عَنْ نَفْسِهِ قَدْ شَغَفَهَا حُبَّهِ إِنَّا لَنَرَاهَا فِي ضَلَارٍ مُّبِينَ Now, those of you who've been following will know exactly where we are in the story. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues. So, as we know, the wife of the governor of Egypt, Imra'atu al-Aziz, she tried to seduce Yusuf alayhi salam. Yusuf alayhi salam, with all his power and might, he turned away from her. He ran towards the door. And then what happens is they find her husband, meaning the governor, was at the door. And she blamed him. She accused him. And the story continued. Now, the women in the palace, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, speaks of them. Some of the women in the city said, Imra'atul Aziz, the wife of the governor, she tried to seduce her servant. So this became a gossip, a talk among some of the women in the city and the women of the palace. She is deeply in love with her servant. The women said, we see her as clearly lost. She's lost the plot. Like, is that, is that something to do, to fall in love with your... Who is she? Okay, she's like a queen. She's the governor's wife. And this is a servant. How can this have ever happened? She's clearly lost. She clearly doesn't understand. She's got so her wires mixed up. And Now this gossip started spreading. When Zuleikha, the wife of the governor, heard their gossip, is their gossip. She invited them. She said, come, ladies, come. I'm going to invite you for a meal. Quran says she pre prepared for them a banquet, a feast. So tables are out. She invited them all. And each one was given a knife. So maybe there was some kind of fruit there, some kind of food item there, which you use a knife, or maybe to eat with. So each one was given a knife, as the Quran says. Now, now she says, Yusuf, come out. Come out. And he asked you, she asked Yusuf now to come out in front of these women. When the women of the city saw Yusuf alayhi salam, they marveled at him. They thought, wow. And they cut their hands. They said, good God. Like, whoa. OMG, like people say. Like, they were lost for words. It's like flabbergasted. Like, whoa. Taken aback. This is not a human being. This is not a human being. In This can only be a noble angel. We've never seen anyone like this before. This is it's not a human being. It must be some other being. In Hada Illa Malakun Karim must be a very precious angel. 
قالت فذا ناو زوريكا said to the women فذالكن الذي لمتنني في this this is the issue regarding which you've been blaming me you've been blaming me pointing fingers at me and this gossip that I'm hearing that the governor's wife fell in love with her servant what have you not done just now this is what it is and you said that I was lost again she's clarifying this from herself she says yes I tried to seduce him but he resisted he stayed away from me he remained chaste he resisted but then she gave a threat also and if he doesn't do what I'm instructing him to do which is to carry on with the indecency he will be imprisoned and he will become amongst the despised people now Yusuf alayhi salam the Quran switches now from her speech now to the speech of Yusuf alayhi salam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says quoting Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam qala rabbi sijnu ahabbu ilayya mimma yad'oonani ilayh so remember that the word Rabb here in Surah Yusuf is sometimes it's used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes it's used to refer to the master of Yusuf alayhi salam who was the governor. So qala rabbi sijnu ahabbu ilayya mimma yad'oonani ilayh. So Yusuf alayhi salam said that imprisonment, I'd rather go to prison that is more beloved to me than what they are inviting me towards. Now, remember this. We're going to come back to this. It was, she, he's not saying what she's inviting me towards. She's, he's saying what they are inviting me towards. And unless you turn away their scheming from me, I will yield to them and I will be amongst the ignorant. I mean, if I was to go along with what they want me to do, if I was to go along with what they're asking me to do, I'd be amongst the ignorant people. And it's clearly saying I'm not an ignorant person. I know what I'm supposed to do and I know what I'm not supposed to do. So, So this was a prayer he made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a dua. And we learn this from the following ayah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Now question again, following from last week, if Yusuf alayhi salam intended even for a moment to incline towards her, why would he be praying and asking Allah to turn him away from it? So many, many verses show us very clearly that Yusuf alayhi salam was totally innocent. There was no blame whatsoever. There was not even a slight inclination towards the indecency that Zulaikha was inviting him towards at the end of the day. He was a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the belief of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah is of the Ismatul Anbiya. All of the Prophets of Allah are ma'soom, are totally innocent. فَاسْتَجَابَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ His Lord answered him فَصَرَفَ عَنْهُ كَيْدَهُنَّ And he turned their, their scheming away from him إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْعَلِيمُ Indeed he is the hearer and the knower. Now, based on these verses, so let's just try and understand what's happened here. Now, the women of Egypt, in particular the women of the palace who learned about and who are close to Zuleikha, they started blaming her. They started laughing at her. They started mocking her, saying, you being a, a woman of status, a woman of a high profile, a woman who is the wife of the governor, rich, wealthy, you don't need anything. What you fell in love with your slave. Now, based on this, many of these scholars of Tafsir have written that Zuleika would take Yusuf around places with his face covered. Because if they had already seen him, he was already in the palace, the women were also in the palace. If they had seen him before, would they have this question? Would they have blamed Zuleika and laughed at her? That why would you fall for your slave generally? The image and the idea of a slave 
is somebody who is extremely poor, somebody who doesn't really have a good social background, somebody who is wearing rags and not in a good condition, and nobody wants to know them. They are pushed to a side or they're always behind, and they are unkempt and unclean. And this is the image and the idea normal, normally people have in regards to slaves. So you being a woman of royalty, why would you fall for a slave? It's like, this is what we've heard, and the women are talking about this. And the reason, like I've said, the, one of the reasons is because whenever she would take him around, he had, he, she would cover his face so the people hadn't, or the women hadn't seen Yusuf alayhi salam. So now she decides to expose Yusuf to them in a manner to try and prove her, to try and justify what she did. Because she was in a good light now. People are laughing and joking at her. So she needs to justify what she did in front of these women to try and save her face. So what she's done now is prepared this feast, given them knives. Possibly there have been a fruit there or not. Allahu Alam, it doesn't mention anything, so we wouldn't say anything. But, and told Yusuf, right, Yusuf, come out. Now Yusuf, alayhi salam, was already very, very handsome and beautiful. She prepared him, dressed him, ensured he was well presented and said come out when he walked in front of these women the women instead of cutting the fruit or whatever food item they had they end that you just imagine how handsome and beautiful yusuf alayhi salam must have been that quran says all of these women not just one all of these women they all cut their hands all of them and they all uttered وَقُلْنَا, all of them said OMG, like, wow. Mahada, Bashara. This is not even, a, this is not a human being. We've seen loads of humans. This must be some other creation. This seems very, the, the, the beauty, the, the nur, Yusuf alayhi salam. So, so this is what happens. Now, regarding the beauty of Yusuf alayhi salam, we learn when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam uh, ascended to the heavens on the blessed night of Mi'raj and he met the Anbiya alayhi wassalatu wassalam he also met Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam and he speaks about it in Laylatul Isra I met Yusuf alayhi salam فَإِذَا أَنَبِي Yusuf alayhi salam he says I met Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam وَإِذَا هُوَ قَدْ أُعْطِيَ شَطْرُ الْحَسْحُسْن we find in the hadith he says I saw him and I noticed that he had been given half of beauty. Half of beauty. Now what does that mean? Half of beauty. What does it mean? So half of the beauty of what? Of the world? Does any question arise in the mind? When we say Yusuf was given half the beauty, any questions arise in the mind? Why not all? Well, he can't have all, all because beside Yusuf al-Islam, there are many other people. Half of total beauty, yes, because obviously it has to be distributed to others as well. But does it not raise any questions? Yes. Exactly. What about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? Does that mean, does that mean Yusuf, who's relating this to the Prophet himself? And he's saying Yusuf was given half of beauty. So the Prophet is he including himself in the other half? Which would then mean, if we take this angle, that Yusuf was more handsome and beautiful than Nabi. However, that contradicts another narration where the Prophet ﷺ told the Sahaba on one occasion that Allah has never sent a Prophet except Hasanul Wajhi, Hasanul Sawt. Every Prophet Allah sent was very beautiful in their appearance and had a very beautiful voice. And then he went on to say that the Prophet with the best character and the most beauty is your Prophet ﷺ. So many scholars have gone on to say, when we say shatrul husn, meaning half of the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Many scholars have gone on to say that Yusuf alayhi salam beauty was half of that of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And some scholars mentioned that when a person is speaking 
uh, many a times a person is a mutakallim. So that individual is included in what they say. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam says that he was given meaning everyone besides me. I'm not included in that. Besides me, if you compare the beauty, he was given half and the rest of mankind have been given half. Some scholars say, no, half of the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The, the couplets of Hassan ibn Thabit are very famous. Everybody's heard them time and time again. That no eye has seen more be- anyone more beautiful than you. No woman has given birth to anyone more handsome than you. And it's as if you have been created without any blemishes, any faults. It's as if when your Lord was creating you, he asked you on every moment, Oh Muhammad, what kind of eyes would you like? Oh Muhammad, what kind of nose would you like? How would you like your mouth to be shaped? What kind of hair would you like? Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Many, many, many couplets go into describing uh, the beauty of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sahaba described him in many different ways. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that is, there's no comparison. When we compare the beauty of Yusuf, so imagine how beautiful Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was. We do hear commonly that if the women of Egypt saw Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, what would have happened to them? Let alone their hands, they would have cut their hearts out. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he had this very special and unique beauty more than any of the other anbiya alayhi wasallatu wasallam. Mother of the believer Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha, whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would return, she would sing couplets praising him. Lana shamsun walil afaqi shamsu, wa shamsi khayrun min shamsi sama. I have a son and the sky has a son. Okay, I have a son and the sky has a son. But my son is better than the son of the sky. Because the son of the sky rises after Fajr and my son rises after Isha. Even when it's dark, when the Prophet ﷺ enters into my home, everything's become illuminated. And As ibn Malik says, the most illuminated day in our lives was the day when Rasulullah ﷺ, he entered into Medina Munawwara. And the, most, the darkest day in our life, and the saddest day in our life, was on the demise and the departure of Rasulullah ﷺ. So we find Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam describing the beauty of Sayyiduna Yusuf alayhi salam. So she, Zulaikha, is now trying to justify her actions in front of her friends and the rest of the women. That don't laugh and mock at me. Look what you've done. You're, we're all in the same boat. I, you, you're saying I fell for him. Look, you've cut your hands. Why, why, why did you do that? Why did that happen to you? That's when they realized. And then now they all conspired together. And now it wasn't just Zulaikha. We learn from the Quran, it wasn't just her. All of the women are now, they are telling Yusuf, Yusuf, you have to listen to what Zulaikha is telling you. This is why Yusuf السلام, is saying that if I was to follow what they are telling me, so even the rest of the women are now siding with Zulaikha, taking her side and saying, do what she's telling you to do. Now Yusuf the challenge becomes even harder now. Before it was just one woman. Now the rest of the women are all instructing her as well. That look, she is your master. Her husband is your master. You have to listen and follow and obey. And he says, I'd rather go to prison. And this is why Yusuf goes to prison. As an innocent people. And today there are many, many innocent people in prisons. We make dua Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Freeze them as soon as possible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them afiyah. So the, for, for, for people like that, an example is Sayyiduna Yusuf alayhi salam. Now, and we, we said about his dua, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answered his dua. فَاسْتَجَابَ لَهُ رَبُّهُ فَصَرَفَ عَنْهُ كَيْدَهُنَّ إِنَّهُ هُوَ السَّمِيُّ الْعَلِيمُ Then what happens? ثُمَّ بَدَى لَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا رَأَوُ الْآيَاتِ لَيَسْجُنُنَّهُ حَتَّى حِينَ then it occurred to them, after all the proof and the evidence was out, that they decided to imprison him for some time. So now all the proof is out. The evidence is out. We spoke last time about the shirt of Yusuf We spoke about the witness in the gathering. And she herself has now confessed as well. 
after all of this is out, they realize, oh, hang on a second. Either we can tell everybody that Zulaikha is guilty. However, generally what happens when a high-profile individual carries out some act of indecency, people try to look, brush it under the carpet. Let's, be quiet. let's not make a big you know, show about it. Let's, let's just keep it hush, keep it quiet. Remember what he said, the governor said to Yusuf, 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 just forget about it. Don't tell anybody. He told his wife, you do tawbah, you do istighfar, because you're in the wrong. So what they decided collectively, they decided, look, if we don't do anything, the rumor is going to spread. People are going to talk about it. So let's do this. For a period of time, Yusuf can go to jail. Although he's not guilty, they all knew he's not guilty. Let's put him in jail for some time so that everybody forgets about it. And after some time when people forget about it, we'll bring Yusuf out of the jail and everything will go back to normal. So Yusuf alayhi salam, they decided that he should go to prison for some time just to save the wife of the governor from further disgrace and from her losing her reputation. Quran says, when Yusuf salam enters the prison, there were two other people, two youth, who entered the prison with Yusuf alayhi salam. Now one of the young men came to Yusuf السلام, and said, Inni arani a'siru khamra. I saw a dream and in my dream I saw I was pressing wine. So when you press the, whether it be grapes or anything, you squeeze them, you press them and you're making wine. So this is what I've seen in my dream. الآخر, and the other youth said, Inni arani I've seen myself that on my head I'm carrying bread and birds are coming and they're eating from the bread. Yusuf, can you please tell us the interpretation of this dream? We see he was a very righteous person. How did they know? Well, they saw him in the prison. In the prison, he must have been praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He must be turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He displayed good character even though he was in a prison. And they saw this goodness from him. They, they heard him only speak the truth. He wasn't vulgar. He was speaking that which was the truth. He had good character. They saw him praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they said, we consider you to be a righteous person. Can you please tell us this, these dreams that we've seen? What does it mean? Yusuf alayhi salam said, قَالَ لَا يَأْتِيكُمَا طَعَامٌ تُرْزَقَانِهِ إِلَّا نَبَّأْتُكُمَا بِتَأْوِيلِهِ قَبْلَ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمَا One of the meanings of this is that Yusuf alayhi salam tells them that no food is served to you no food is served to you except that before it arrives i tell you what the food is going to be very similar to the miracle of sayyiduna isa alayhi salam prophet isa alayhi salam among some of the miracles uh, of uh, creating the bird out of clay and then blowing into it it would become a bird and fly away reviving the dead with the permission of allah similarly passing his hand upon a person with leprosy and them gaining shifa and afiyah similarly passing his hand over a person that was born blind and them regaining their eyesight again with the permission of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alongside these miracles quran also says uh, he would also inform them oh you've just you've just eaten pizza and chips before you came he could tell them what they'd been eating he would tell them that this is what you've eaten before you arrived and also he would tell people where they had stored their treasure or for example brother you've hidden 100 pounds underneath your mattress he'd be able to tell you without going to your home this was one of the miracles of Yusuf alayhi salam. So similarly over, sorry, uh, Isa alayhi salam. So similarly here we find one of the meanings of this particular verse scholars have mentioned is that he's telling them, look, before, the, before you get served your food, I can tell you what the food's going to be. So from this, they gain confidence in Yusuf alayhi salam that look, he has got some kind of knowledge. He has got some kind of ability. So they wanted him to interpret the events that they have seen a vision of in their dream. And they went to Yusuf alayhi salam and they considered him to be a righteous person. And then he did not attribute it to himself. He didn't say, look, I'm really intelligent. I'm really clever. He said, no, this is from amongst the favors of Allah. Allah has taught me this. 
And he went on to say, إِنِّي تَرَقْتُ مِلَّةَ قَوْمٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَتِهُمْ كَافِرُونَ He says, I have forsaken a people that do not believe in Allah and do not believe in the hereafter. They're disbelievers of the hereafter. And what does he follow? He says, وَاتَّبَعْتُ مِلَّةَ آبَائِي I follow the, uh, the path, the way, the methodology of my forefathers, Ibrahim, Ishaq, Yaqub. مَا كَانَ لَنَا أَن نُشْرِكَ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ it is not correct for us, it does not behove us that we ascribe any partners or anything with Almighty Allah. This is a bounty of Allah upon us. However, most people do not give thanks to Allah and do not appreciate His bounties. Now he goes to interpret the dream. Ya Sorry. Now he goes on before he interprets the dream. He takes advantage of the situation. They came to him in need. They've got a question. He's got them now. They're interested in him. They're great. They're impressed by him. It's a great opportunity. What does he present to them? A business proposal? You, you, you think, oh, I've, I've got these customers now. They, they can't go anywhere. They have to listen to me. No. Did he present a pitch to them? No. He presented the da'wah. He presented the tawheed to them. And he found this a great opportunity. Any opportunity. So this was a great opportunity. They came to him. They were impressed by him. They needed him for something. Before he answered their question, he said to them, he posed the question to them, Arbabun, ya yisil, Oh my companions of the prison. Oh my companions of, oh my cellmates. Tell me. Arbabun oh my cellmates. Is it better to have lots of different gods? Or is it better to believe in one powerful, supreme Allah? Tell me which one is better. To have lots of different, different deities and different, different lords? Or to believe in one supreme Allah? And by the way, he said, whatever you worship beside him, anything and anyone that you worship besides Allah, this is all fabricated by yourselves and your forefathers. Allah has not revealed any proof in regards to this. Allah didn't say, worship this, 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 this. No, 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 this is from yourselves. You itself invented. It's a fabrication. And he said, judgment rests with Allah. No, no statue, no idol, no king of the world or no any other deity can make any decision. The judgment and the final say belongs to Allah. Allah ta'budu illa iya. Therefore, because of this, you should not worship anyone except Him. This is the upright religion. This is the correct path. That you worship only one Allah. However, my cellmates, most people don't. They don't understand this. They don't get it. Ya sahiba, now he goes to interpret the dream. Ya sahiba yisijin, amma ahadukuma fayasti rabbahu khamra. So he says, oh my fellow inmates, one of you, the one who saw himself pressing the wine, he says to him, fayasti rabbahu khamra, you will serve your master wine. Meaning, you will be freed, your life will be saved and spared, and you will end up serving your master, the governor, the king, wine. And the other one, you're going to be put on the cross. You're going to be hung. And when you die, birds will come and eat from your head. The matter in regards to which you inquired has been settled. You asked me, I've given you an answer. This is how it's going to happen. Now, we find over here that... Well, I don't really need to go into the detail because as we've been going along the ayat, I've been explaining. So briefly, I will just mention. So in the beginning, we said that the evidence I've already referred to, shirt of Yusuf alayhi salam, the witness, the, the child in the cradle that spoke, and then Zuleika admitting and confessing herself. A lot of these things, all adding all of that up, and then the statement of Yusuf alayhi salam. Remember, if somebody accuses you of something, okay, you don't have to remain silent. You should clarify and tell people that no, this is, this is a lie, this is a fabrication, I am totally guilty, 
this is an they are this is an accusation and i am i'm clear of this so yusuf al-islam also gave, uh, gave a testimony for himself so when they realized all of this as we discussed earlier they said look it's best you go to prison so that Zuleika's name is cleared and people forget about it. So that, that was done. Yusuf enters into prison. Two people enter into the prison with him. They both see a dream. The first dream is seen that he is pressing wine. Now, remember, these two individuals were in prison and they're given a life sentence that, you know, that's it. You're in prison, you're going to be here. So he's saying, I saw myself pressing wine. The other one is saying, I saw birds eating bread from my head. What does it mean? So the interpretation Yusuf gives is the one who saw yourself pressing wine, you're going to be released. You're not going to be in prison forever. Very soon, a time is going to come, you will be released and you will go back to your duty. In, in reality, these two were workers in the palace. One of them used to serve wine to the king. So you're going to go back to your duty. The other one was a Khabbaz, the Mufassirun have mentioned. He was the baker, the palace baker. Okay, he was imprisoned. Somebody had blamed him either for trying to poison the, the king or something else. So he had been imprisoned for this reason. And he is told that you're going to be hung. You, you're going to lose your life. You're going to be hung. And uh, birds will eat from your head. Once you die, the birds will circle around your head and eat from your head. So... And then Yusuf at the end, he says, The matter in regards to which you've inquired is finished. Meaning this is how it's going to happen. This reminds us of a hadith of the Prophet where the Prophet speaks about dreams. And he says, dreams are hanging between the heavens and the earth. You see a dream? Now after seeing the dream, that dream is hanging between the heavens and the earth. Okay, until somebody interprets it. When somebody interprets it, that's it. Then it happens. This is why, this is why we have been instructed by the Prophet ﷺ. If you see a dream, now this is a whole topic in itself and we'd need a whole session just to talk about dreams. But because it's come up, I'm going to very briefly mention just some of the etiquettes of dreams. So, the Prophet has said, if you see a dream, so there's two categories, three categories of dreams. First of all, we call Adghathu Ahlam, like Quran mentions. Okay? So, this is just a dream based on your thoughts. It's just random things that you see, based on things that you've seen in the day. That's one type of dream. The second type of dream is we say it's a good dream, a pious dream, a noble dream a blessed dream and the third one is a bad dream a scary dream a nightmare okay the bad dream the nightmare this is from shaitan okay the good dream this has been brought to you by the malaika and the angels the angels come to you and they show you things from a different realm that different realm is called alamul mithal the world of mithal so they show you things from this different realm and it could be, for example, to do with the prophets of Allah. It could be things from Jannah. It could be things of the future. It could be, all of these things are possible. And then the third type is which is just things that you've seen throughout the day. You probably didn't notice. You probably didn't, it's in your subconscious mind. And then you've gone to sleep and you've got this black dog chasing after you. And then you wake up. And you go to sleep again and there's dogs chasing you again and you wake up and you get really scared and you come to the masjid you find the imam 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 sheikh you know i'm seeing this dream and really it's nothing when you went to do your school run in the morning you saw a dog okay it was in your mind okay but then you forgot about it the rest of the day it went to the back of your mind you've gone to sleep okay and now that's come to the front of your mind okay and it really is nothing to worry about Majority, I say majority of the dreams people say come into this category of Adghatu Ahlam. It's just your thoughts, nothing else. If you keep thinking about something, you generally dream about it. Okay, it might not be exactly as you think, but it's related things. Most of the dreams fall into that category. Okay, let's talk about the dreams which are two types of dreams, are the good dream and the bad dream. Let's take the bad first. 
If you see a bad dream, a scary dream, a nightmare, regardless of what it is, somebody came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he started relating a bad dream. He says, I saw a bad dream and I saw, he started saying it. And he said, I saw that my head was severed from my body. And then my head started rolling away and I'm, I'm chasing my head. This is in the hadith. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam told him, look, if you see a bad dream, the first etiquette about a bad dream do not tell anyone, no one at all, never. There are certain etiquettes regarding dreams. So if you see a bad dream, one of the things you've been told, you see a bad dream, say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem. Or say, A'udhu Bikalimati Allahi Tamma, A'udhu Bikalimati Allahi Tammati Min Sharri Ma Khalaq. Turn to your left and make the act of spitting three times. If you're quite scared, make wudu. If you're sleeping on your left, turn to your right. If you're on your right, turn to the left. These are some of the things you do if you've seen a bad dream. And the main thing is, do not tell anyone. That's the main thing. These things before that, we generally do some of them already because we're scared and petrified. And when a person's scared and petrified, you end up doing a lot of amal anyway. So people read, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem. You might turn the other side. You might read some surahs of the Quran. But this is the important thing we've been told. Do not tell anyone. Why? If you tell somebody, there is danger that that dream can harm you. The dream that you've had, which is a bad dream, by telling somebody, it can harm. Why did the Prophet, the scholars of Hadith have mentioned, why did the Prophet wasallam say, don't tell anybody? Because by relating a bad dream to somebody else, that bad dream can harm you. You could become ill, you could lose your job, you could lose fame, you could become unsuccessful, you could have this, this could happen. So the main thing is don't tell anyone. Also, if you've seen a dream and you tell somebody and they say, this is what it means, that's very dangerous as well. Because the hadith says that when somebody sees a dream, the dream is hanging between the heavens and the earth until somebody interprets it. Even if it's not an expert. If somebody says, somebody's seen a dream and say, oh, this is what it means. Sometimes it happens according to the interpretation. This is why if you see a bad dream, do not tell anyone. Are we going to make sure we do this? As, as much as you want to, you've got this thing, I have to tell somebody. The hadith is telling us, do not tell anyone. It doesn't matter who it is, don't say it. And you won't be harmed by it. These are the adab and the etiquettes. Let's move on to the good dream. If you see a good dream, a pious dream, you see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you see Sahaba, you see something good, you see that, you see you're in Jannah, for example, or you, you see something that maybe, uh, something that's going to happen good in the future, a good dream, a pious dream, a noble dream, you feel good about it, it's something nice, something good about you or family member or somebody else. Even then, the rules are, you're only supposed to tell two types of people. That's it. Not everybody. Number one, the hadith mentions Aliman and another word is Labiban or Nasihan. So number one, only tell somebody who when I say Alim, I don't mean general Alim. I mean somebody who knows how to interpret the dream. And that's not everybody. It's not everybody's cup of tea. And not every scholar has the knowledge to interpret dreams. The knowledge to interpret dreams cannot be learned from books. You know, you get books, Ta'biru Ru'ya, by Imam Suyuti, available, okay? Do not read such books. They are not for general people to go up and read. Because interpretation of dream is a very specific kind of knowledge which is God-gifted. You can't learn it. You can't just go and, as we see Yusuf alayhi salam, it's not something you can go and do a course. Okay, dreams interpretation course. Okay, if that was the case, we'd all, we'd all book onto there and set up a clinic and start interpreting dreams. Okay, because people are seeing dreams all the time. It doesn't work like that. There are certain selected people whom Allah grants this knowledge and they can interpret dreams because the connection with the dream is with alamul mithal. 
Our Hazrat Shaykh Mawlana Yusuf Mutala, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala become pleased with him, may Allah grant him forgiveness, may Allah elevate his status. His name was also Yusuf. Allah had blessed him with immense knowledge in regards to the interpretation of dream. And we saw it. And many a times, I can relate to you so many incidents of dreams that he'd interpret and you just think, wow. And at the time you're hearing it, you think, how's that, how's, how's that going to happen? I remember when we were studying, there was um, somebody from Canada, um, one of the older students, um, he'd seen a dream and um, he'd seen a dream and he saw himself or somebody in their hand and they had two teeth, two teeth in the hand. That's the dream that was seen. Like I said, there's, there's like hundreds of these dreams I can uh, share with you and the interpretation he gave and how you know, we saw the completion of this. And uh, what, what does that mean? I mean, what, what would you make out of that? Which book's going to tell you? And how are you going to interpret that? It's not, it's, it's not something anybody can do. And immediately he said, okay, the meaning of this is in Arabic, tooth, the word for tooth is sin, seen and noon. Sin, seen and noon. Sin is tooth. And you've got this two there. So he interpreted that your wife is going to have in her pregnancy, she's going to have two sons, seen noon. There's two, two sons. Exactly this happened. He didn't know. His wife was expecting. And later on, during the pregnancy, they found there were two boys that they had. Like this, there are many, many uh, dreams. Uh, time doesn't allow us to go into that, nor is that the main topic of discussion. The main thing I wanted to mention is this. Even if you see a good dream, like you saw Yaqub told his son Yusuf, Okay. Don't tell your dream to them because they're going to be jealous of you. So if you see a good dream, you tell one of two people, either somebody who is knowledgeable in the interpretation of dreams or number two, somebody who is a well-wisher. You don't get many of those nowadays. You don't get many of those nowadays. I'll say it one more time. You don't get many of those nowadays, well-wishers, who somebody who is genuinely, sincerely, not just on your face, okay? You'll get many of these people. They'll come, mashallah, subhanallah. Okay, shabash, very good. On your face, they will say this. But really, in reality, very few people, okay? So if you know somebody who genuinely, genuinely, okay, is a nasih. In Urdu, we say khair khah. Real khairkha, not fake, real. Tell that kind of person because they will not have any jealousy and they will not have any evil intention towards you. It will be good. It will be khalis, mukhlis, sincere. Otherwise, just keep it to yourself. So this is even regarding a good dream as well. Anyhow, so we have the dream of Yusuf alayhi, the dream of the two individuals, and then he gives them the interpretation. Let's quickly move on. Now, when Yusuf alayhi salam interprets the dreams, he says to them, Yusuf says to the one who he believed as the interpretation from, from the dream, Yusuf believed that he's going to be released. So one, one's going to die. So Yusuf alayhi salam, right, you're finished anyway. <laughs> you're going to be released. So Yusuf alayhi salam says to him, Again here, look, Rabb is useful, your, your master. So when you are released and you go out of prison, mention me to the king. Mention me to your master when you go. Tell him that you put Yusuf in the prison just for a short time. He's been ages, I'm still here. Like, when I'm going to come out? Quran says this man was released. After being released, Shaitan made him forget the request of Yusuf to mention in front of his master, the king, that Yusuf's still in prison. Like, when are you going to take him out? He's requesting to be taken out. And thus Yusuf remained in the prison for much longer. And bid'ah in the, in the Arabic language, again, there's a whole discussion around this, but we'll just take one of the main opinions. Bid'ah means anything be, be, uh, below 10. So it could be up to nine years if we take the maximum. 
So he stayed for another nine years in prison. It could be between three and nine, some scholars say. It could be somewhere in between this. But he stayed in prison because this compound, this cellmate of his, forgot to mention him to the king. Thus he remained in the prison for some more time. Now, how did Yusuf come out of the prison? al-Malik. Now the, the king sees a dream. So one day the king is with his people, with his courtiers, and the king says, وَقَالَ الْمَلِكُ إِنِّي أَرَى سَبْعَ بَقَرَاتٍ سِمَانٍ يَأْكُلُهُنَّ سَبْعٌ عِجَافٍ وَسَبْعَ سُنْبُلَاتٍ خُدْرٍ وَأُخَرَ يَابِسَاتٍ He says to his people, oh my people, I've seen a dream. Now I want you people to, someone, somebody from amongst my whole, all the courtiers and the ministers here, is there anyone from amongst the noble people who can interpret this dream? What dream did he see? He saw, he said that I see, seven fat cows so seven cows are fat i see them being eaten by seven thin and lean cows and then he saw he says i see sub'asumbulat in khudrin i've seen seven green spikes you know corns like you have barley so i've seen seven of these which are very green and they are fresh and i've seen some others that are dry O elders, O people, please explain to me, give me an interpretation if you know how to interpret. They started to say, these are all jumbled up dreams and thoughts and uh, ideas. This is, we know nothing about the interpretation of dreams. You're asking us, we have no knowledge whatsoever. We don't know what these dreams mean. Maybe it's just a jumbled up dream that you're seeing. Now, when the king talks about this, the man who was released, who would present the wine to the king, he remembered. Quran says, The person that was rescued from the prison and released, he remembered. He remembered after some time. King, I will give you the interpretation of your dream. Just allow me to go to the prison. Please give me permission to go to the prison, to go to the cell. Let me go to the dungeons and I'll bring you the interpretation of this dream. So he rushes off to the prison. He remembers Yusuf after so many years. And he says, Yusuf, Yusuf, oh truthful one. He saw the truthfulness, didn't he? He witnessed it with his own eyes. He saw him in his life. He saw the truthfulness of the interpretation. So he calls him Yusuf, Yusuf, O man of truth. Oh Yusuf, give me the interpretation. Seven fat cows eating, seven lean cows eating seven fat cows. And then seven spikes, green spikes, and some more which are dry. So that I can return to the people and they can find out what this dream means. The king is in panic. He's in a mode of panic and he wants to know what is the meaning of this dream. Immediately Yusuf gave the interpretation. He said, very diligently, you're going to cultivate the land for seven years. And then whatever you cultivate, you're going to leave most of it within the, the, uh, the spikes of corn. You're going to keep it in there. You're not going to take, harvest it all out. You're not going to take it all out. Except that, only how much you need to eat, you will take that much out. Rest of it, keep it within the spikes. After those seven years, you're going to find seven years of difficulty. That which you've stored, that is what you'll eat and you'll benefit from. And then from that, you'll store some as well. So it keeps you going. And then a year will come, which will be a year of relief for the people. And a year when you, you will carry on pressing, meaning pressing the fruits to gain some more wine. And it'll be a year of prosperity. So this is the interpretation given by Sayyiduna Yusuf alayhi salam to the, uh, the wine giver of the king. Now he rushes back. When he comes and gives the interpretation, 
The king remembers Yusuf alayhi salam. He says, وَقَالَ الْمَلِكِ اُتُونِي The king says, bring Yusuf to me. Bring him out of the prison. فَلَمَّا جَاءَهُ الرَّسُولِ When the messenger of the king came to Yusuf alayhi salam, Yusuf alayhi salam didn't come out of the prison. Why? Why did he not come out? He was given the opportunity to come out. He says, no, I'm not going to come out. Until? Until what? To prove his innocence. You put me in prison to cover your wife. I was guilty. People think that I, people think I was innocent. She, people think that it was me. I was guilty. Whereas I was innocent. So he says, Go back to the king. Ask them about them women who cut their hands, who are blaming me. What are they saying nowadays? What's their opinion in regards to me? Ask them. Until I don't have my innocence proven, I'm not coming out of the prison. And when, he, when the women were asked, they said, Allah forbid, Ma alimna alayhi min su. We don't know anything indecent about Yusuf alayhi salam. Even the wife of the governor, she admitted and confessed. Now that the truth is out, let me say openly. I am the one who seduced him. And all people to set the record straight, Yusuf was amongst the truthful people. So then Yusuf says that this is so that my master knows that behind his back I did not betray him. And Allah does not guide those people who are betrayers. And I don't claim myself to be innocent because the soul always commands a person to do bad. Some say this was said by Yusuf alayhi salam. Other scholars have said this was the statement of the wife of the governor. Zulaykha illa ma rahima rabbi. Inna rabbi ghafoorur rahim. Once this has happened, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then, Yusuf alayhi salam is now out of the prison. He says, bring Yusuf out. I want to make him my personal advisor. I want to give him a high position. When he spoke to Yusuf alayhi salam, from today onwards, Yusuf, in our court, in my court, you have a very high position. Yusuf made a request. He said, really? Am I so close to you now? You love me so much and you're giving me this high position after me coming out of the prison? Fine, I have one request. Please appoint me as the finance minister. The finances and the land and everything that grows from there, please appoint me. I am, uh, I, I am a person who's trustworthy. I know how to do this job. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This is how we established Yusuf alayhi salam on the land. He can settle wherever he wants. And we will give from our mercy to whomever we want. Allah says, we never waste the good deeds of the good doers. And the reward of the good deeds of those who carry out good deeds and those who believe are better and those who believe in Allah and observe a life of piety. Here we will stop insha'Allah and next week we will continue regarding the, the Yusuf alayhi salam and his relationship with how his brothers then returned to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the true love of the Quran. Wa akhiru da'wana. And alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.